Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining me again on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am, of course, your host, Michael Sherlock. And all this month, the month of February, the month of love, we are talking about leading with love. And my guests this month have been just so fantastic about this topic, but it's so much fun to be able to also interview someone that I absolutely adore. He has been a guest before, so you may recognize the name and his background. James Daniels is president and CEO of The Meeting Designers, which is an internationally recognized events management company. He founded his company in 2005, and he, on average, produces and executes over 200 programs a year, which, you know, means he is busy. I don't care, pandemic or not, there's still a lot to be done. He previously held national account sales roles with both Hilton and Wyndham Hotels, so you know he's also seen the other side of the event planning uh, industry that maybe might not be so pretty all the time. And his customers today are corporations, associations, nonprofits, social groups, you name it. But you will remember this if you heard his first episode. He has garnered himself the nickname of the Olivia Pope of the meeting industry. And what I didn't tell him last time after we had our last event is somebody then after listening to our podcast said, I had to look up who Olivia Pope was. (laughs) So James, thank you for joining me today. Uh, Michael, thanks for having me. And honestly, the first time that I was referred to Olivia Pope, I had to sneak out my phone and Google her name too. So (laughs) You're in, that listener was in very, very good company. <laughs> it was so funny. I was like, where have you guys been? I never actually watched the show very much, but because uh, I think it's on like, it was on like at 10 o'clock at night and I'm uh-huh. too old to stay up that late. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think I binge, binge watched it on Netflix for like, um, for three, um, because it was in season three or four when I started hearing about it. Oh yeah. Which and I- you know, that's, that's my rule is that I will only watch series now that are over because then I can binge watch them all because I hate having to wait. In fact, the, one of the worst things about the pandemic is I'm waiting for the handmaid's tale to start again. You know, like, Oh my gosh, you can't leave me with that kind of cliffhanger. So I kind of do my own rule. on that. Finished. That's so funny that you brought that up. I just finished the last season over the weekend. So I can't wait for season four. Season three. Yeah, I think so. Season three. Yeah, I think, yeah, I know. It's crazy. Well, I know when we talked last, we were talking, you know, we had a great talk about your business, which I'm going to ask you about too, but we really were diving into a lot of, you know, what, what we might think will happen within the meeting and events industry. And, you know, now we're a few months later, now we've got, you know, vaccines. Now we've got, you know, the world's starting to turn again. So hopefully we'll have some more fun things to talk about then. But, you know, I want to just ask you, you know, from moving from corporate, you know, being behind the scenes on that account management side for two major, major global hotel chains, how how much 
how much pressure and stress did you have in those jobs when you had to be, you know, making sure that all those spaces and events went off without a hitch for people who do what you do now? It was a different type of stress. I honestly didn't feel the stress from the people I should have felt the stress from. Um, I should have felt the stress from our customers, my clients, mm -hmm. and I didn't. I felt the stress from management. I felt the stress from my direct bosses, by you know my peers, and that was just not where the focus should be. I felt here I was a global salesperson, and I felt more like a sneaky accountant because I was forced to concentrate more on my production, my numbers, what I looked mm. like on an Excel spreadsheet than what I looked like in front of my client size. So I think that was really kind of disingenuine and mm. allowed me to focus, I had the wrong priorities. And it was ultimately you know, a major reason why I decided to leave corporate America because I was more than just a percentage on an Excel spreadsheet. And I was not being able to utilize my creative talents. I was more mm -hmm. concerned about, am I going to make quarterly goal than I was, is my client going to have the best program of their life at one of our partner hotels? Yeah. And I can see that. I mean, that's, it's the, it's the kind of downsides, it's the dark and dirty side of sales, you know, is that it stops and ends with numbers. And some, and it's real easy uh, that sometimes leaders will make that only about the numbers and not about the value or the experience. So I, I can see that. Thank you for sharing that with me, because I think it's, it's telling. And it also, I think then, like you said, prompted you to do something completely different. And now here you are on the other side of the table. I'm assuming that it makes you a little more, um, not that you're not nice already because you're perfectly wonderful, nice, but makes you maybe a little, uh, you know, want to take care of those people who are now in the roles that you were in at that time. Oh, absolutely. I had lost my love for the industry and I had lost my spark when I was in corporate America. I was just concentrating on the wrong things. So when I did start the company, I had in my mindset all the things I did not want to do that I had <laughs> garnered from my experiences with corporate America. I knew the boss I didn't want to be. And mm -hmm. I did have some goals and aspirations of the boss I wanted to be. I had specific um, requirements and visions of the team I wanted to create and the value I wanted to place on them. And so many times when entrepreneurs start a business, they tend to focus on the wrong things immediately off the bat. I mean, you can get a how-to book and the number one thing they say is to focus on getting working capital, focus on that revenue coming in, focus on the revenue stream, then focus on your reputation, your brand, people pleasing, the scores, you know, the Yelp reviews, this review, mm -hmm. focus on that. Then focus on your customers because your customers will make or break you. And then somewhere down there at four or five, it's the employees in your team. And <laughs> wow. what I learned early on, it's not how you do it. And that's not mm -hmm. what the successful entrepreneurs like yourself have done. You focus on yourself first. You focus on your passion. You focus on your core beliefs you focus on what you want to accomplish. You focus mm -hmm. on your authenticity. Yeah. 
then you focus on your love for people, both employees and customers. You have to treat both of them equally. You really do. You have to treat your employees with love and respect, and you have to treat your customers with love and respect. If you focus on love, your customers and then employees, they'll eventually lead. If you focus on profits, your customers and employees, they'll eventually leave. Leave. (laughs) Very good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so much of that. And, you know, as you were talking about, you know, focusing on, you know, you, your passion, um, it also reminded me a good friend of mine that I interviewed for the podcast long ago, um, Frank Swoboda, he talks about this theory of uh, circle minus plus. And so he has, you know, when he does this with groups and workshops, he has everybody write down all the things, as many things as you can think of that you do every day, you know, that's part of your job, your role. And so you circle the, um, you circle the ones that you're good at. And then you um, put a line through the ones that you um, are not good at. And then you put a plus by the ones that you've circled that you actually like to do. And I might get this a little wrong, but the whole idea is that whatever ones you have the circle and the plus for, that's where you should be focusing the rest of all your time and energy. And the other ones you need to give to somebody else. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, that's so brilliant. And I think it, you know, it took me probably another year after the interview with him that I started hiring, you know, for my team. But I remember that was the first thing is I'm going to give these people everything that needs to be done whether I can do it or not, but that I don't want to do and I don't like doing. And wow, what a difference that made. (laughs) So true. I mean, I think we've talked about this before. I'm more of a creative type. I want to, you know, I'm a storyteller. I want to tell the stories of my customers. And really through my events, I'm telling the stories of our employees as well who are executing these events. What I'm not really good at, accounting, the the number crunching but you know owning a business you have to be so mm-hmm. you do what you just did you find the people that are good at that that is their passion that's the story they want to tell and you outsource it and yep. you're kind of you know winning that you know, you're winning the obstacle course that you didn't want to run yeah, that's, it's so true. I tell you, the first time I handed up, when I finally handed over accounting to my business partner, AKA my husband, it was a little terrifying, not going to lie. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, thank God. I hate that part. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I tell my accountant every single time I speak with him, I'm like, don't judge me. That's just all I ask. Do not judge me when you review this. And he, you know, he'll be like, I just need to know why you bought this or why you, why? And I'm like, don't judge me, but I'll give the explanation. And he's like, okay. (laughs) Do not question my daily Starbucks habit. (laughs) As I say, I bet there's some interesting things that you have to do, you know, when you're on site with one of your conferences that you may have to buy that you didn't anticipate. I think, you know, exactly. Don't, you know, don't question 500 um, pool noodles in the color of pink. Don't. Um, it's just, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Starbucks and love for, love for employees, though, I have a really good Starbucks story that happened yeah. to me just a couple of days ago. 
So one of my bad habits still is still going through the Starbucks line and ordering ahead through the app and getting my usual iced coffee towards the end of the day. And the baristas at this particular Starbucks, they've come to know who I am, like recognize my car, they recognize the order when it comes through. And the other day when I pulled up to receive the drink, you know, they handed it to me and they had a message on it. And it said, thank you for being so nice to us. We love you a latte. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, you know, cost them nothing. Yeah. Took five seconds with a Sharpie. And yet they conveyed their love for their customers in a single we need to do that more. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, what it and you're right. It cost them nothing except for the joy that it brought you and probably joy they brought it brought them. But mm-hmm. you know, it tells me something that not everybody's also all that nice to them, you know? I mean, and right. this is a time when we should all be trying to be so much nicer, not just now, but because of all this that's happened, I think, you know, in the last year, it's such a great reminder that just simple kindness to each other makes, you have no idea sometimes the difference that that might make in somebody's life. We all have the capability of doing better. We all have the capability of being kinder. And that's truly all anybody wants, regardless of where you are are on the spectrum, politically, economically, job-wise, we all just want to be seen. We mm-hmm. want to be heard. We want to be validated. And I think that's what so many companies are missing right now. And what a wonderful opportune time to really reach out to your employees because we do have so much downtime to reach out to your customers who yep. stay connected. And yet so many companies have chosen not to and they use finances as a reason or lack of personnel or we're understaffed. I can definitely tell you that the creative partners and the hotel chains that have continued to reach out to our company through every single week of the pandemic, some every single day, are the ones that we have grown stronger and closer with. And we might not have business Mm -hmm. for them right now. And they're not even asking for business. They're just trying to maintain the relationship. Those, I mean, yeah. it's just human nature. Who do we want to work with when, when this turns around again? It will be those. And yet there have been other companies that haven't picked up the phone, haven't reached out, or when even worse, we've reached out yeah. to them, they've ignored us. And then it's followed with a slew of excuses. I mean, the relationship just got you know, a little soured. So I think a lot of people, um, yeah. both small businesses and large businesses have really missed out on an opportunity to really strengthen bonds with not only their customers, but their internal employees as well. And what what a great, like you said, you know, what a great opportunity, especially when, you know, we know that there's so many parts of our business in the meeting and events industry, especially that are not operating and need to need those relationships more than ever. Um, and have to keep that tightness, but at the same time, we can also rely on each other. And you know, just to to give another example of that kind of interaction, if I was at my home office instead of uh, somewhere else right now, you would see that on my desk is a card that some fabulous friend of mine sent me 
with a unicorn in it. And, <laughs> and, and I have it sitting there just to remind me that there's somebody, you know, getting that note from you and just saying, Hey, I was thinking about you. I hope you're having a you know, fabulous day. Um, was just, that brought such a smile to my face. And it, and it told me that no matter what else is going on in the world, there's at least one person that day that thought enough about me to send me a note. And that prompted me to send a note to somebody else because I was like, oh, you know, this is great. I have a whole bunch of cards over here. I'm going to do the same thing. And that, that made me feel better kind of passing it on. Michael, Einstein once said, nothing happens until something moves. We've mm-hmm. got to move. And it reminds me of setting up when we were kids, those dominoes, we would make those crazy patterns on the kitchen floor and then get mad as someone you know, stomped on one in the middle of it and it broke the pattern. <laughs> but when we yep. pushed that first domino, it started a chain reaction. And mm-hmm. that's what love and kindness are in the moment now. We've got to start that chain reaction. Um, I'm going to use the Starbucks example again. You have the people that will pay for the person behind them. And Mm -hmm. it starts that chain reaction. And I've had the pleasure of being a part of that a couple of times. And it's just a great, great feeling. And we need to to line up more dominoes, but we need Mm -hmm. to ensure that we put, we have the confidence and the strength to push that first one. Ah, that's profound. It is fear. What prevents us from pushing that domino is fear. Fear of the unknown. I think that you need to like trademark that at the confidence. (laughs) (laughs) I'm writing that down as we go to push the first first domino. And it's, you know, we shouldn't fear, we fear fear. We fear, well, what if the dominoes don't collapse on top of one another like we anticipate it to? What if the first one doesn't even hit the second one? What if we planned it inappropriately? What if we missed a step? What if we're embarrassed by it? What if we have all of these what ifs laden with fear? And the only thing we should be fearing is not taking that first step. And we should be fearing regret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we've had so much time to reflect in the last year on a lot of things that, uh, that it's easy to, to get um, caught up in the what ifs, you know, or the what wars instead of what's next, you know? So it doesn't go perfectly, but, but let's, let's go. And that's why my whole theme, you know, last month for January was all about, maintaining a flexible mindset. You know, how do we go into this year trying to brush stuff off, but also remember that stuff's going to happen. Hopefully not another pandemic, <laughs> but stuff's going to happen. So how are we going to, how we react to things is going to tell a tale about each of us individually and how we want to write that is, is all within our power. Abs- absolutely. I, I think now more than ever, the thoughts that we choose to place in our mind are more powerful and will be more fulfilling or destructive than ever before. If we, li- if we keep saying what if and only answer the questions with negativity and negative answers, oh, well, what if 
I don't find another job? What if I lose clients? What if we never plan an event again? What if this, what if that? Instead of a negative answer, what if we plan 600 events in 2021? What mm -hmm. if we bring on 25 more team members because we're that busy? What if I exceed my goals and have to set new goals, but I'm not a big proponent of goal setting because I think that's very <laughs> corporate America. Um, but what if it's all positive? What if, oh my gosh, what if we become happy and content and can go to bed at night smiling from the inside? Oh, what if? I like it. What if? I like it. We're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor and we'll be back with James Daniels. Are you tired of the time and expense of going to the salon for a mani-pedi? If so, Color Street is your answer. Base, color, and top coats are blended together in an incredible polished strip that you apply yourself. The result? A brilliant salon quality manicure in just minutes with no dry time, smudges, or streaks. These strips are 100% real nail polish, not stickers. They're flexible, can be gently stretched for a perfect fit, and last up to 10 days. I've been using them for months now and love the amazing selection of colors and styles, along with the ability to create my own unique manicure by mixing and matching. Shop today and support our sponsor, Betsy Roberts, by ordering at colorstreet.com backslash B-H Roberts backslash party backslash 2095611. Again, that's colorstreet.com backslash B-H Roberts backslash party backslash 2095611 or simply click the link in our show notes. And back with my great friend, James Daniels. And as we move into this topic for the month, and we've touched on a couple highlights for this already, but I really want to dive into it. I know you've got some good stories to share as well. So my, my theme for the month is lead with love. And I have this crazy idea that if we all really focused on leading with love, leading others, leading ourselves, leading our mindset, that we will accomplish really great things. But I think it has to be a choice. Um, so I've asked all my guests this month, you know, what are your thoughts about leading with love? What does that mean to you? And, you know, what, how would you try and inspire my listeners and viewers to, to really, you know, tackle this year by leading with love? I think I, one of my fellow residents in Houston, Texas, where I've chosen to quarantine, even though I live in New Orleans, um, is Brene Brown, who is just a remarkable individual who I've had the pleasure of running into getting takeout a couple of times. Um, <laughs> but Brene always says that you have to lead with vulnerable, vulnerability. And mm -hmm. I think now more than ever, we have to be honest. We have to be transparent. We have to show that we're vulnerable. I am very blessed. I'm very fortunate that our company has not had to shut down. We're going to make it through this storm. But have we had a record-breaking year? <laughs> no. Um, have we hurt? Yes. Did we have to make tough decisions? Yes. But I've been very open about it. And I've been very open with our employees, with, with our customers. And I've shown that vulnerability. Whereas 
I think some organizations have been like, no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> and then the next day they're out of business. They weren't yeah. good. And not to be afraid to be honest because everyone is in a bad place right now, everybody. And then the second thing for corporations and leaders, you, as an event planner, we were always tasked with creating team building um, options for companies and mm -hmm. everything from scavenger hunts to build a boat out of cardboard for the pool and, you know, cooking <laughs> competitions. And I'm just, I'm, yeah, and everything in between. And now going virtual, some of the team building activities that we're working on and what I do with my own team is we identify words of encouragement. We start off with exercises that, how are you doing today? And mm. I don't want to hear fine, good, great. <laughs> I want to know how you're doing today. I want to hear a positive word. I want to hear a negative word. I want to hear something that you've accomplished, something that you need to overcome that we can all help and work together as a team. And that creates yeah. teamwork. It creates love. And Michael, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. That team building yeah. activity costs no money and you don't need <laughs> an event planner like me to even pull it off. Yeah, that's true. And I think you're so right. It's, you know, we we have had to bring our personal and professional lives in um, very close proximity. And I think that's, it's okay. It's not a bad thing, but it does still um, make people uncertain about how much of the personal they can show in the professional. Yet in this world that we've, you know, been thrust into that we're hopefully almost out of, there's, there's no way we can't have the personal and professional all mushy. There's just, it's, it's just not possible. So if we can allow ourselves to be open and honest about that, you know, it doesn't mean you're going to cry every time you, you know, get on a call with your team. Um, but that honesty can really make people closer because they're not trying to hide something that may be really painful for them at that point in time or very frightening. So many people think that vulnerability or being honest or showing emotion or showing empathy and or actually caring about your employees, it's a sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. It is not, it's the biggest strength that a, a boss, an employer, a mentor can have. And I think those are the successful leaders right now. Those who are mm -hmm. like, okay, what does this contract say? What does your you know, job duties say? What does this sheet of paper say? We're ripping it up because it doesn't apply yeah. anymore. We're going to, you know, start from the beginning. Yeah. And, you know, I just interviewed someone for um, this month's episode as well, uh, Jill Ratliff, and she was talking about how, um, how she encourages people to think about agape. So, you know, that we do need to bring love in the workplace. And, you know, so she said, you know, when I first start talking about it, people are like, oh, that feels uncomfortable. And she's like, but then, you know, you talk about agape, which is really just love of another human being, kindness, caring, you know, respect for what you say, how you interact. And we had the best conversation, which falls in line exactly with what you're saying, that it's, it's that, that caring and that concern, that looking up and looking in somebody's eyes is something that we have an opportunity right now to take all the lessons from the past year. And we have a chance to 
change how we move forward when we start going back into offices and we start going to conferences and, you know, we start going back to some of those things that were normal, quote unquote, normal before we have an opportunity to really grow from this and not have it be one or the other, but have it be a mixture. You're, you're absolutely right. And so many people say love is light and light is love. Mm. we've got to focus on the light. We've got to find the light right now. And there's, it, it's dark out there. Trust me. I'm not trying to be a Pollyanna and mm. say, oh, spring, you know, Skittles, rainbows, unicorns, and cotton candy. No, it, it's rough out there. <laughs> but there's some light. And we have to be that pet that we have, that even on the dreariest of days, even then when it's so cold outside, that pet somehow seems to find that one sunbeam in your house and stretches <laughs> out in it. And of course you're like, I've uh -huh. got to take for this because I just love it, it's so adorable. We've got to be that pet. We've got to seek out that sunbeam and we've got to just relish in it for as little time as it may be there or as, as small as it is, you know, contort ourselves to fit that sunbeam. And I think uh -huh. we'll, we would be so much better. I love it. That's going to be the title of the episode. Find the one sunbeam. I think that's such a great <laughs> analogy, especially since we've uh, brought our cat on our little adventure. And every time I turn around, she's found another ray of sunshine. Oh. I'm like, I don't even know where that is. And she's mm -hmm. contorted right into it. You're exactly right. That's such a great visual. Ah, uh, James, I know that we uh, are going to have all your contact information on our show notes, but if somebody says, I need to work with that guy, he's going to plan my next major event. How do people find you? Uh, the easiest way is on LinkedIn, jdaniels at meetingdesigners.com, where um, we also have a LinkedIn page, The Meeting Designers. We have an Instagram page, The Meeting Designers. We have a Facebook page, The Meeting Designers, or, you know, Connect with me personally on Facebook. You'll get a glimpse into my crazy fun life. <laughs> I love it. And I have really enjoyed uh, looking at all your pictures of all your cooking because you have cooked some amazing things over the last year. <laughs> and I used to be a horrendous cook. I mean, I, I did not cook. I never cooked for myself. Um, didn't have to. I was one of these that ate out all the time or was being entertained by clients or um, creative partners that were trying to win our business. And during the quarantine, I was like, I, I can't just go through McDonald's every single night. I've got to learn to cook. So that was kind of, and I, I've learned to love to cook. It's been a relaxing thing for me. And mm -hmm. I took all these tips that I've learned over the years from the chefs that I've known in my life and just really have, I've had a lot of fun with it. So um, I'm glad it looks good. Some of them don't turn out as good as they even look. Um, and others look really bad, but they taste good. <laughs> I love it. That's funny. Well, they do look good. That's for sure. And that's when you want to have smell-o-vision, but we haven't invented that yet. So I know that you had um, at least one other story. I want to make sure we get what everything that in that you had, but I know that we're kind of to the point of, you know, last words of wisdom and pearls of advice, but I know you teased me before we started taping about something about a kaleidoscope. Uh, yes. Um, when I started, when I left corporate America back in 2005 and I told my father that I was taking this leap of faith and I was prepared to be a defense attorney with all of my arguments as to why I was doing this, why it was the best decision, because I knew he was going to question me and ask, you know, why are you leaving this cushy job 
you know, to go out on the unknown. And I, that wasn't the response I got. In fact, I got 100% love, supportive, um, just supportive feelings and encouragement. And he said, if there's anyone that can do this, it's you. The next day, he handed me a kaleidoscope. And I looked at it and didn't even really know what it was and kind of went, oh, it's a desk ornament. So I went, oh, this will be great <laughs> for me to put on my desk. And he's like, it's not for you to just sit. It's not to be just placed on your desk to sit there and look pretty. You've got to use it. And you've got to use it every single day. And I thought, okay, what is this kaleidoscope going to do? And he reminded me that for a kaleidoscope to work, you have to pick it up, you have to hold it to the light, and you actually have to exert some effort and turn it. You have to put things in motion. And then right before your eyes, the magic happens. And typically, what do you do with a kaleidoscope if you're with people? You look at it and then you hand it to someone and say, look, um, we all need to remember, get off the couch, turn off Netflix for a little bit, turn off Bravo for a little bit, pick up the kaleidoscope, put some muscle into it and enjoy the magic that you're gonna see before your eyes. And I uh, thank my dad for that. That is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And holding it to the light is just an extra step of making sure that you are working towards that love. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, my friend, that was fantastic. Always a good story. Always good talking to you. It has been such a pleasure to interview you again. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Michael, thanks so much for having me. Always, always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.